and into the intro. Yo, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello everyone. Thank you for joining in for another episode of Therapy is Life, where thinking, feeling, and experiencing well-being is what we do. Today, we have a special episode. We want to talk about the recent incident that occurred with uh, Tyree Nichols, the 29-year-old man who was beaten by the police officers in Memphis, Tennessee. Such an unfortunate situation. And I got to admit, being a father, being a Black man, it made me feel so angry. Today, I have with me Dr. Bobby Armstrong and Anthony Miller. And I would like to start off this discussion because I, I really want to ask you guys just how you feel about it. And, and I know, you know, you, you're feeling a lot of things, but I would like to start off by focusing on the family and focusing on their grief. Um, um, Anthony and, and Bobby, what do you guys think the family is feeling right now well anguish shock grief bereavement i mean those are all might be adjectives adjectives for the same thing but they're they might even feel numb in disbelief because their loved one is gone um so this is a time for them to not go against each other but to rally around one another and also a time to say hey when this all blows over we as a, either as a group or individually or both when when i say both i mean as a family we go to to see a therapist or individually we go see a therapist they may need to do that as well because holding it in you you got to get it out it's, it's going to weigh down on you, your organs, everything within you is going to weigh down. If you just let it stay in or just cry, tears are good for a moment, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to do something after that. So the, I am compassionate about what they are feeling and experiencing those negative emotions. But when it passes over, when the media is no longer there, they have to make sure that they get the help that they deserve at the as for such a time like this I, I i totally agree i believe that this family is feeling total despair total despair uh knowing the facts of the case that has been presented the young man was 80 yards away from home uh getting beat like a criminal by those who were sworn to protect and serve and um, I saw the grief 
I mean, there, there's really no other word to use other than grief. Uh, and I'm for sure they're going to go through every stage and level of grief uh, that that they can possibly go through. Uh, seeing the mom uh, just break down, uh, you know, it eats away at you. And, and seeing the dad say that in order for him to move forward, he had to watch the whole thing. The mother couldn't get through all of it. But the dad said, I had to see what they did to my son. You know, we, we have the, um, we have what, what, what we call linked fate. I'm for sure y'all have heard of that, the linked fate. Um, you know, that could have been my son. His birthday was yesterday, he's 27, 24. Um, could have been my son standing there getting beat by over a traffic stop. You know, um, I myself as a dad felt so many emotions, but then as a therapist, um, I felt even more uh, because I'm like, you know, where were these trainings that the men go through? And I know every police department has them where there's the de-escalation, not escalation. And what I saw in my mind was a gang of guys beating an innocent man. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw. I mean, I watched the entire four videos, all four videos, the entire thing. How do you stand someone up and then try to give them directive as if they're going against what you at this at this point in time, the young man is concussed. He, he is not mentally here. You have beat him senseless. Mm. It's, it's, it, was, it was unbelievable. It really you know, was. And to think, you know, um, Jerry, you and I, we're, we're old enough to remember Boys in the Hood. Yes. When he got stopped and, and the cop turned him around and put the gun right to his neck. That was a black cop. Exactly. So it ain't even a race thing. I think it, it, it turns into a praying thing where you're praying on those who are less powerful than you. Gotcha. You know, you know, with, with hearing you guys say what you said, I think about the word guilt and how the family may feel some sense of guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that we couldn't do anything to save our son mm-hmm. hearing him call out to his mom, her hearing that and knowing that she couldn't do anything and to learn that her son was at the hospital and that he was in critical condition and at the face of death, mm-hmm. that she yeah. couldn't be there for him and feeling that sense of guilt. Cause oftentimes when people feel grief, they feel guilty. Like, there's something that I could have done bargaining with themselves that there's something I could have done that, to change this outcome. And, and I, I can imagine the mom is feeling a lot like that because when I talk about this linked sense of fear mm-hmm. and that you were referring to, yeah, this, this linked sense of uh, experiences. You know, I think of having a son that's 20, 22. I think of having a son that's 16 and about to start driving. Mm-hmm. But knowing as a parent, did I do everything I could within reason to protect my child from some 
serious situation like that. Yeah. You know, you know what's crazy about this? This guilt is when I saw that young man and I heard his voice, it sounds like when he was getting dragged out of the car, he was trying to be respectful. And yeah. that's probably what his mom told him to do. Exactly. You know, if you look at that whole thing, he said, what did I do? I mean, number one, these cops were wrong altogether. Right. Uh, I, ha I have policemen who are friends uh, of mine. And every last one of them have voiced on their own social media pages how outraged they were at the fact that, number one, you go to this dude's car and you're pulling him out. Mm -hmm. Didn't ask for license. Didn't ask for a registration. There's, there's no respect of humanity. The humanity of this young man. So already he's scared. Right, right, right. You know, and now here's this gang of guys pulling you out of your car, throwing you down on the ground, about to tase you, and you don't even know why. Gotcha. Deep. So let me ask you guys this question. We we know the family is gonna go through this process of 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 of, of guilt, and they're gonna feel all the stages of grief from the shame, the shock, you know, um, the, the the denial, the anger, the depression. Um, they're gonna go through those back and forth, the acceptance, they're going to go through this. But I think it's going to take them a long time because so much is going on. The media, the crowd. Let me ask you this. And then I want to, after I ask this, then I want to go back to the police. Do you think that the trial can truly give this family, number one, a sense of closure or justice? I don't think so. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, doctor. Go ahead, doctor. I'm sorry. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, simply because, number one, this was an innocent young man. Uh, and you senselessly took his life for what? For what? I, I just don't. The justice system can't provide enough justice for that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't. don't yeah. I agree. The answer is no. The trial, and who's to say they're going to get convicted? Right. <laughs> exactly. Who's to say? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, who's see. going to say that they're going to get convicted? They have. So I hope they get fifty million dollars. I hope the family gets fifty million dollars. But that's still not going to bring their son back. They they just have to find a way, yeah, man, through some deep ooh, conversations. They're gonna have to find a, through some deep conversations and honest and open conversations with one another and a helping professional to help them reconcile the fact my son didn't do anything and now he ain't even here no more. Mm -hmm. Right. That's and gonna even, take a lot of work. A lot of work. Exactly. It's going to take a lot of work. And even if he had done some stuff, did he deserve what no. he got? Did the punishment meet the crime? Did, Not he at didn't all. Deserve to Not, die. He didn't deserve the didn't, time. He didn't deserve any of it. One part that, of, of those tapes that really sickened me is the fact that one of those cops, when they were in the neighborhood, the young man is already laying on the ground, handcuffed, defenseless. He cannot defend himself. He is not a threat. And he walks over to him 
and kicks him as if he's kicking a football. Gosh, no disregard for humanity. What for? What is the excessiveness for? What is he doing now? He can't run. <laughs> you got it. And then you casually, after y'all have passed him around, beating him. Okay, they passed him around. You drag him over to your car and set him up. The man is, again, concussing. He's, he's, he's clearly not in a state where he can even control himself. He's passing out. And they say, hey, man, sit up, sit up, sit up. Do you think he can take a command? Yeah, terrible, mm. terrible. Yeah, and with that being said, let me ask this: me ask this What do you think was going on with those five cops and the cops that was around and other people that was around that that led them to respond in such an egregious manner? What was going on deep inside of them? You know, you know. When when I hear this, my thoughts are: these are young men who were physically abused. He was young men who were sexually abused. He was a young man who didn't have a voice, who were bullied, who didn't have anyone to talk to him when he was growing up. These are young men who grew up into big, burly men who, who became cops thinking they was going to protect and serve, but maybe there was something deeper going on inside of them that needed to be addressed. But I really want to say something. I really want to say something. And, and I may be wrong. But go ahead, go ahead. Thanks. Listening to looking at those those videos, they bragged about how they beat him. So that's not telling me this is coming from a, a, a emotion of taking out frustration on a on a man because you were abused as a child. That's ego. That's ego. That's you preying on a def defenseless person because you bragged. All of them bragged. Yeah, man, I was giving them pieces. If you listen to it, they were saying, yeah, I was giving them pieces, man. I was piecing them up. I was giving them some one-twos and he still wouldn't go down. But y'all were holding him up. So to me, this is all about ego. It was an ego trip to me. Uh, that's just how I see it. It was an ego trip that these guys went on and they wanted to somehow make him an example. Because he ran from them? He got away from them? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And But now we got you. We found you. So now that you ran away from us, it's the old, we talked about this a few moments ago, that old mentality of, you know, if you're running from us and we get you, we got you. So... I don't think I'm going to disagree with you, McGee, if, uh, you know, all the things that you mentioned about maybe these cops experienced when they were coming up in their yeah. formative years. And, and maybe they did. Be, because some people that I have counseled have been physically abused by a parent and they grow up to be the most gentlest parents. Mm -hmm. And then some, they do heinous things to kids. Mm -hmm. So not everybody who's been abused, no matter how the abuse occurs, no matter what the format, they don't always grow up to do to others what's been done to them. They mm -hmm. do just the opposite. The opposite. Right. These men, males, I'm not going to call them men, 
total lack of regard for life. And I think, man, it's just the mentality. We can do what we want. We are not going to be brought to justice because of our skin color. We're not going to be, we can kill any, anybody, especially yeah. those people. Yeah. We can, we can kill them and mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen to us. And they we're may gonna, we're they gonna get away with murder. We're going to yeah. get away with murder. Yeah. They felt like they have an advantage because it was black on black. I, I got to admit, y'all, when I, when I saw them standing there, I couldn't hear everything they were saying. But it almost felt like this was they were doing their regular. Like this is something that they do. And, and it, it wasn't like a big deal. Like, man, you see this guy? I felt like at one point, it, like they needed a referee to be like, okay, you know, stop the match fight. is over, stop right? Yeah. Okay. It ain't even a fight. <laughs> you know, it ain't even a fight. Like, don't y'all see y'all got him down? What the heck is going on here? And and, and you know, geez, there's a lot of great cops out here. So I don't want to just Oh, I want to put this off on all police, but those men, they are something deeply wrong. And granted, I won't have a chance to sit here and do a diagnostic assessment on them and other follow-up evaluations to try to decide what it is. But I do know individuals like that don't need to be on the force. because no. and, 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 and there's a lot of young men, perhaps, who end up on the force that don't need to be on there. And I think we need to do a better job of identifying those type of individuals because they just went they lost their minds you know we have the intellectual we have the emotional we have the instinctive mind they their intellectual mind shut down completely they was all in this emotional space and they was operating there that whole time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know if the police department uh when they're training their officers do they ever talk about group think do you think they do oh i think they need to that's a good question yeah. Yeah, um, the friends that I have talked to, yes, they do. You know, mm. luckily here in Greensboro, we have a mental health unit mm. uh, where if there seems to be a person having some kind of mental health breakdown, mental illness breakdown or something, they'll dispatch uh, those who are trained in the mental health field to kind of handle it, de-escalate it uh, and, you know, control the situation this what i saw in in memphis there was no control of a situation the only control was we're going to beat this guy to a pulp yeah, yeah and everybody else that showed up was like oh looking around yeah. like, yeah, like i'm gonna get a piece of this too like what like one they even one guy said move 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 back move back let me get in there let me get in there and he went kicking the dude for what what exactly. has he done to the man is on the ground. You kicking a man on the ground, handcuffed? Yeah, tragic. I got look. I got one other question for you guys. The vicarious trauma that that we all experience in hearing about this story and and and, uh, and seeing it. Obviously, there's been all these uh, situations where there've been these unarmed African Americans that have been killed by police. What do we do with this? How do we process the situation in a way that we can move forward and not allow this to take us back. I don't know. <laughs> That's not the answer you want to hear, but. No, but it's okay. Go ahead, man. Maybe I can think of something after you go. <laughs>
You know, you know, I, I think we need really need to be keep it real and have honest conversation about what's going on. You know, we oftentimes want to fluff or act like these are not issues that we have. But I know it's 2023 and there's still a lot of work we have to do with race, social economic status. And this is on a social level. We still have to own the fact that we have problems in this, in this area. And as long as we got people acting like this is America and everybody has equal opportunity and, and, and space and everybody is treated the same, we are going to have problems. What? What? We're going to have problems. And, 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 and Tony, you know, I, I think we have to, you know, kind of st start there because I don't I don't know if we can always answer stuff when we um, when we expect to have an answer on an individual level, but on a societal level, look, we can create an environment uh, where we can improve things so these kind of things don't happen. So as he talked about having the mental health unit, that that would help. But obviously on my level, what can I do? How can I feel safe? Because right now, do you feel it's safe when you interact? When you go out around police, do you feel as safe as you used to feel? Well, that's interesting that you you asked that question because uh, I was I had to interact with police two days ago. I have a vacant rental property, and somebody was taking. Oh man, they vandalized the home. Something terrible. And one of the neighbors, I finally got a neighbor to call me if something you know if they saw something going down. She called me. I got on the scene. And I saw the gentleman uh, actually go to my door. So I called the police. 911 said it's a non-emergency, but I need somebody to come out. So I had to interact with two police officers, a male and a female. And the female police officer, I got the impression that she didn't think I owned the property. Because she asked me three times, are you the owner? So that might have been my perception, but... You know, when I perceive things, I'm pretty good at it. That's what makes me an okay therapist. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, polite. I didn't get smart with her. I answered her question. And we ended up catching the guy. So then I noticed her attitude changed. The male police officer, he just looked at me, right? He, he said very little. He just took some of my information, but he didn't say a whole lot. But he did tell me, you know, have a good day and stuff like that. So I did not have a bad interaction. Uh, as a matter of fact, most of my interactions with police have been okay. I've had police let me go on some traffic things that they rightfully could have impounded my car or given me a ticket for. Right. So, right. but in terms of solutions for police officers who do bad things. No, not, no, I'm not really asking about police officers who do bad things. We as citizens after seeing something like this. So I hear what you're saying is being open to the fact that all police officers are not bad. Yeah, and both of our experiences with police officers are constructive. Yeah, and the first thing we say we need to continue to create policies and and put things in place that reduce the likelihood that we'll have officers on the streets that will act that way. But the other part of it is is us being open to the fact that you know most of our experience with experiences with police are not that bad. Yeah. Dr. Bobby, you want to add anything to that? Uh, yeah, you know I. I like brother Tony had said, I've been in those situations as well. Um, clearly, uh, 
maybe speeding. I do have a heavy foot. <laughs> and there have been some guys who have just said, hey, man, slow it down. You know, you ain't doing up. Didn't even ask for a license or registration. You know, just slow it down. Um, and then I have been in situations where there were some obnoxious cops. Like, come on, brother, you're taking this too far, man. What, what's the problem? What, what, what's the issue? Why you got me sitting here so long with the lights flashing? I ain't got a record. Excuse my broken language. I ain't got a record. Right. So what you looking for? You know what I'm saying? They keep you there. They, they're just running this and running that. Running. You ain't going to find nothing on me because ain't there's nothing on me. And nine times out of ten, they come back with some kind of warning ticket or a ticket for speeding. Um, but you have good cops. You have bad cops. Exactly. You know, and, I and also not like, every cop is bad. Exactly. Uh, say that. Exactly. The young lady that I used to teach went on to become a police officer here in Greensboro. Wonderful young lady. You know, exactly. uh, a guy that I grew up in church with. Uh, he, I think he's now a captain on the police force uh, here in Greensboro. Wonderful young man. Known him all my life. Um in the Patterson family. You you remember the Patterson family? Yes, 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 yes. So that is great. I, I think it's okay if we protest as long as it's nonviolent. Yeah. We have to take out time to self-care. Absolutely. Don't get caught up in the binary thinking that it is good or bad. You know, there's great area with everything in life, right? So mm -hmm. we have to realize that, yeah, there was that bad experience with these particular cops, but there's a bunch of other cops that are out there that are good. There, there are people who are trying to make the laws and rules better. We have to be involved in the political process and pushing for things to change, to get better, and 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 continue to train our young people and 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 utilize approaches that help keep us safe in in a world where any day, like a fly on a piece of crap, you never know when you're gonna run into a cop. It's like that fly, and mm -hmm. so that, mm -hmm. that that that's always true. But if we if we continue to try to improve ourselves and and be open you know, make those uh keep ourselves safe talk with our families stay engaged i, I think we can continue to improve but we got to take it one day at a time because this situation is not one that's going to be one that we're going to forget easily and to that family to um his mother and to his family you know i think this is going to be really hard for them for many years and i think we have to all sometimes decide not to not to connect with the news and the, the media outlets that's always feeding all these stories that reinforce our fears and our concerns. Yeah. So we can have some sanity and, and look forward and have constructive ideas and, and, and behaviors in these crazy times. Anything else you guys want to add real quickly? I'm just praying for that family. Um, you know, collect the prayer works and hoping that God will ease their grief. Yeah, so we just keep Amen to that. Well, thank you all for uh, listening to us. Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate I appreciate it. And, yo, we're going to get together and do that pastor's thing. I'm going to tell y'all. <laughs> all right? So if you like this discussion, please like us, subscribe, and don't forget to put your comments in the comment box if you have any questions or concerns. There was a lot of things. I know there's a lot of questions about the, the Tyree Nichols thing. And hopefully we can help you get through these difficult times, y'all. But take it one day at a time. You have a right to grieve and feel the way you feel.
but process it, work through it in a way that doesn't cause harm to yourself or to others. Thank you and have a wonderful evening.